What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green, and joining me on the other end over in Germany is Dave Hein. Dave, happy holidays. Hope you had a, a Merry Christmas and are looking forward to the new year. Yes, thank you as well to you out there in in Thailand um, and everybody else out there. Um, hope everybody had a, had a, had a nice holiday and uh, looking forward to 2019. Um, it's, it's nice to have a, a chat about the, 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 the basketball champions league, even though there's no games, uh, don't have loads and loads to talk about, but of course we want to get something out to you guys. So, uh, look forward to it. Yeah. So it'll be a shorter podcast for you guys this week because there aren't any games, uh, to talk about since we're in the middle of a two week break, uh, for Christmas and for new years. But our guest on the show today is Igor Jerkovic. He's a, a writer for the official website. He does the live blog, the power rankings, help side column. He, he does a ton of stuff for championsleague.basketball, the official website. Uh, and he, and he watches more BCL games than probably anybody. He's, he's been with the BCL for a couple of years now. So it was cool to talk to him about, uh, the progression of the league and, and some of the top storylines from this season. So we'll get to Igor in a little bit. Before we do that, Dave and I decided to do a little segment for New Year's resolutions. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it's, it's right around New Year's, either a couple days before or a day after. So we decided to come up with some New Year's resolutions for some of the BCL teams and players. And hopefully these go a little bit better than my own New Year's resolutions, which usually uh, fizzle out around the middle of January or so. Uh, so Dave, let's let's start it off. I'll just throw it to you first. Why don't you just uh, pick your pick your first team and go from there. Well, everybody knows that I love to talk about Banvit, so I figured uh, start with them. And you know, I've been on this uh, this whole thing that they 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 play well at home and have struggles on the road. So what I said was they should go and uh, and pay their supporters way to the road game so that they have a bit of a home feel uh, when they go out and play on the road. They still have. Uh, let's see here. One, they still have one, two, three, three more games on the road. Um, they are one and three on the road. So, uh, and we have we've talked plenty about how important uh, grabbing some road wins, uh, uh, how important it is. And so I say uh, maybe they should uh, drop a little, drop some Turkish lira into the into the kitty and and uh, pay for some of their supporters those great that those great fans from that fan curve and and bring them out to the road games what do you got <laughs> i like it i like it okay so banfit are sitting at a five and four tied for third place in group a but like you've been saying you know they have a road heavy schedule the second half of the year so i think that you know that might be a good idea get some get some fan support try to get uh get some of those some wins on the road there for my first team, I'm going to start it off with Bomberg, and their New Year's resolution is to stop blowing big leads in the final minute of games. Uh, they blew a seven-point lead just before the break against Dijon, seven-point lead in the final 30 seconds of the fourth quarter as David Holston put on the Superman cape and hit three three-pointers in the final nine seconds to send that one to overtime. Bomberg got lucky in that game. They were able to win it in OT, but they weren't as lucky in the first week of the season when they blew an eight-point lead in the final minute 25 versus Fuenlabrada, and then lost that game on the Paco Cruz Hail Mary at the buzzer. And that, in that game, they were up by five in the final 47 seconds. So I don't know if they need to start fouling when they're up by three 
or if they just basically just need to start making more free throws in the final minutes of games. Uh, but I think that's a pretty big one for Bomberg. Stop blowing these leads because uh, you're going to give your fans a heart attack and also potentially lose some games that they should be winning like that one against Fuenlabrada. Uh, what do you got next, Dave? Uh, I'll stick with Fuenlabrada, and I, I think they should uh, have, an, have a, 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 a team night. And first of all, they should uh, have DVDs of the first of the last six games of the year, and they should have a, a ritual burning of those DVD of those DVDs, <laughs> and then uh, watch replays of the first three games of the season, which they won back to back to back and have lost six straight. So I'm I'm thinking that they should do a team night with a burning ritual of the of DVDs of the last six games, which they've all lost, and maybe get uh, get their season back on track in the Basketball Champions League and maybe get into the playoffs. I like it. Exercise some of those demons. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll stay I'll stay in Group C, and I'll go with Telenet Giants Antwerp. Uh, we, we had their point guard, Paris Lee, on last week's show. Make sure you go check that out. He was the game day nine MVP with 27 points, 10 assists. We both really like this Antwerp team, but they do have one critical flaw, and it, that is that they shoot 65.8% at the free throw line. That's second worst ahead of only Le Mans. And of course, free throws are going to be a really critical part of games as they try to make the playoffs. And then if they reach the playoffs, you got to hit your free throws. You got to get every point that you can in the BCL. So my New Year's resolution for Telenet Giants Antwerp is to practice your free throws I don't know if they need to do some meditation or something to to make sure that you know their heads are going to be in the game when it really counts. But if if Antwerp can improve their free throw percentage, they're just going to be even tougher to beat. So Telenet Giants Antwerp, make your free throws. I like it. I like it. Um, it's actually sticking with uh, with shooting, and I am going to say for Unet Halone. Uh, Extra shooting practice for all the players except the four who were able to score against Venezia. <laughs> of course, we know that Corey Walden, Khalif Wyatt, Decon Jones, and Darian Atkins were the four players to score against Venezia, and nobody else was able to score a single point. We're looking at you, TJ Klein and Guy Panini. Um, yeah, so extra shooting, pra- extra shooting practice for all the players except those four. That's my uh, New Year's resolution. I can imagine that that's probably going to um, also only last for maybe a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Halone definitely need more help from the supporting cast. They lost that game against Venezia by one point and they didn't get any points from the bench. So that's a, that's a, a brutal way to lose. So I like that one. Definitely extra shots up for the supporting cast there in Halone. I'll stick in group B with the team that just beat Halone, Venezia. This one is for a specific player. Austin Day, stop committing stupid fouls. That's his New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. He picked up five fouls in eight minutes against Nanterre. He only scored two points in that game and they lost. Then he picked up five fouls in 14 minutes against Pauk. He only scored six points in that game. They lost. And then against Halone, he got an offensive foul on the very first possession of the game. So it looked like it was going to happen again. Uh, he was he was able to stay on the floor in that one and make a little bit of a contribution. But 
Austin Day, you're too important to your team. You know, we, we know he has great potential. He scored 30 points in the second round of the season. He was MVP of that game day. Uh, so he, he, he has great potential. Um, he's a, a force to be reckoned with offensively when he's on the floor, but he's got to stay on the floor. Venezia really need him because they don't have a ton of offensive options outside of him. You know, they have Haynes and Watt, and they, they have some good players for sure. Don't get me wrong, but they definitely need him on the court and producing. So Austin Day, no more stupid fouls in 2019. All right. That's, that's, that's a good one. Uh, Austin, I mean, we've talked about him before. It's like... Um, how how a player of that level can play? What'd you say, eight and fourteen minutes, and 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 fall out in that that quick of a time? I mean, that's that's inexcusable. Um, so yeah, good good one, very good. Uh, I'm gonna uh, stick to uh, uh, stick to Group B uh, for my final one, and I'm looking at uh, Freebore Olympic, and uh, I am saying that they should get goggles in which it looks like every opponent is wearing an Opava jersey. Of course, uh, they're 2-7 and seven <laughs> this year with their two wins coming against Opava. So get those specially designed goggles from whoever um, and uh, make sure it looks like all the jerseys are, you know, changed into Opava jerseys. Maybe they think that they're playing Opava so that they get some, some, a couple more victories. So that's my last one. What do you got for your last New Year's resolution for BCL teams? Yeah, I, I like it. Freeborg, maybe they can they can contact a Swiss startup tech company <laughs> or something and, and see if they can get those goggles. For my last one, I'm going to jump to Group D. This one is for Ostend, who are four and five. They're technically in seventh place, but they're in a four-way tie with Neptunus, Bayreuth, and Besiktas, who are all at four and five. Ostend, they've got three upsets in a row, beating Strasbourg, Prometheus, and Bologna, the top three teams in the group. So they're in a, in a good position. They're surging at the right time. But what they really need to do in 2019 is take care of the ball. Ostend are leading the BCL in turnovers per game at 15.9. And the best teams, Bologna, Jerusalem, Tenerife, Ike, these teams are all in the top seven in terms of fewest turnovers per game. Like Bologna, for example, 9.1 turnovers per game. Jerusalem, 11.1. That's five or six extra possessions that they're getting that a team like Ostend is not getting. So I think if they're gonna if they're gonna keep this this positive streak rolling, if they're gonna sneak into the playoffs after a poor start, they gotta take care of the ball uh, because they they you know they're gonna be in close games. This is the probably the toughest group overall in the BCL. So they gotta take care of the ball, maximize every possession, and maybe they'll be able to sneak into the playoffs in 2019. I like it. I like it. Good job. Um, I I was thinking the same thing, you know, um, going to Ostenda and I was Ostenda and I was thinking, you know, something like, uh, you know, listen to a, a song where it says "Remain Grounded" or or a movie where you know don't think too high. But I couldn't really come up with you know anything movie or song where they say uh, you know "Remain Grounded" or anything like that. <laughs> I don't off the top of my head. We'll, we'll have to get Igor on this. I think I think he would know. There and and he's a good man to talk to, so I think that's uh, where we should go. No, yeah, for sure. That'll do it for the New Year's resolutions for 2019 for the BCL teams. Coming up next, we got our interview with Igor Jerkovic, the writer for Champions League.basketball. So we talked to him uh, about a few different topics, bounce around the league a little bit, and talk about some of the main storylines of the BCL season. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up. 
On the show this week, we have Igor Jerkovic from the Basketball Champions League. Behind the scenes, uh, Igor, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm sure you haven't heard anything, anything similar to that <laughs> when people arrive to your show. Like, But this is really a pleasure for me because I get to talk about basketball and I get to talk about Basketball Champions League, which I know kind of a lot of, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, before we get too much into let's say this season uh and 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 whatnot maybe may just give us a rundown um on some of your your background in the game um you know you're you're from you're from split originally you're in zagreb maybe just uh how you grew up in the game maybe favorite uh favorite team growing up and how basketball got into your life yeah like in croatia it really was a basketball country. I'm going to say it still is because a lot of people are still following basketball despite the um, kind of bad results of the national team. But for me, it was growing up in Dalmatia and Split. You learn about basketball. I was born in 86, so I was just a kid when they won the Split team. Yugoplastica team won three straight European Cups. And those were the teams like with uh, Tony Kukoc, Dino Raja, Velimir Perasovic, uh, Sobin, like really good guys. And it was easy to fall in love with basketball back then. So as a kid, you know, like <laughs> there was no other option for me. It was only basketball. I wanted to do basketball, wanted to play basketball. Uh, I got to play a bit uh, like semi-professional on Croatian lower divisions, but I just kind of realized that um, it was too tough for me to make it in basketball, so I went into journalism schools and got my master's degree and went on to follow basketball for uh, Croatian basketball the website, which sadly doesn't exist anymore. It was called uh, Košarka HR, which is basically basketball.hr <laughs> for Croatia, and it was all about basketball for me. Then I switched some jobs, went into TV. I actually covered... Croatian football for my television, but basketball is still number one for me. And you have quite a quite a few uh, uh, posts, if you will, with the with the basketball Champions League. You you run the live blog. Uh, you also do the the power rankings, and you have a, a help side uh, column as well. Uh, we'll kind of get into um, all of those. I think maybe just first start off with the the live blog. Uh, maybe just talk about the process of doing that. Yeah, it's the definition of multitasking. So <laughs> basically, if you if you Google up multitasking, I'm surprised that my picture doesn't show up or my posts on Twitter when I have to do it. Um, the way I cover it when we have game days and usually you have eight games in a day, um, usually have two computers working for me one is for doing the live blog and the other one is for watching all games so you have like a split screen kind of thing watching four games at the same time and this is my third season with the basketball champions league i've been here since day one and been doing the games like that so i kind of got used to watching four games at a time or even more so i know when to watch and what to watch to understand how the game went <laughs> but the thing is like it's FIBA went with it uh, since like 2016 and it's a really good tool to have a live blog uh, to have sort of a 
uh, second screen kind of option for following all the games uh, to give people something more rather than just the scores, give them the videos, the highlights, uh, your opinions and stuff like that. And I take a lot of pride in it. And I think it's working really well for us. It feeds a lot of our um, social media channels and it's been good for the live feed. What would you say is the f- the most fun part of it? Um, I love it when you have like um, four games at the same time and they're all close games because mm-hmm. all games in the Basketball Champions League are close. <laughs> and you have to be like on the edge of your seat. You have to follow each game every single second of it in the closing minutes and it's just like an adrenaline rush so when i'm done with the day and i've done all the posts and it's now everybody knows what happened i've done all the final score posts and i've done the live blog closed it and when i get home my adrenaline is still high and i don't know how to calm down because i'm too tired (laughs) and i cannot sleep i'm still working over overdrive and then I usually just take out my iron, <laughs> start ironing my shirts <laughs> or towels or everything just to calm down to get my pulse to a normal kind of beat. And I suppose that's probably almost the same thing, challenge, most challenging part of it, right? Just Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's like when I see that people are reacting to it, that people are following it, that uh, we got good results on social media from something that we posted on live blog, then... I guess it's working and it's really good. Yeah. And you, you also do the power rankings, uh, which are really popular. So I, I was just wondering, what's your process for putting together the power rankings each week? And then who are some of the fan bases right now who love you and, and who are some of the ones that hate you? Um, I guess the fan base that loves me are my father and my mother and probably my wife, but <laughs> that's about it. Uh, no, I'm just getting like, the power rankings are tricky because you have 32 teams and I didn't want to do just the Basketball Champions League and how they their results in the Basketball Champions League because you have the standings and you can see who's doing well and who's doing not. So uh, I decided to uh, consider also the domestic results, the things that they've been doing in their own leagues and it just gives you a bit like a wider perspective of it and gives you something to do when um, you're analyzing how a team is doing just like when you take for example Bayreuth and uh, they had like a nine game winning streak in all competitions it sounds much better and it feels much better for people to understand that they're really in a good zone right now compares to like a three game or four game winning streak in the basketball champions league it's not like they're taking time off between basketball champion league games so I basically have a huge Excel sheet and I update it every single week with all the results. I know all the season records for all the teams <laughs> and that gives me sort of a, like a frame to work with and gives you a chance to sort them all out because sorting out 32 teams every single week is really troubling. And and do you weigh one more than the other? How do you kind of base it, you know, look at the groups uh, maybe then also compare them to, you know, the domestic leagues and, and the quality of the domestic yeah, leagues as well. That, exactly. Like it's not the same if you're like Nimburg and you haven't lost a single game domestically, but you're struggling in the basketball champions league. And you're like a team like, uh, Uka Murcia who are doing okay in Spain, but not doing excellent. Like they're doing in the basketball champions league, but 
kind of feels like uh, five or six wins in the Spanish league are higher quality than winning 13 games in a row in Czech League. No disrespect to the Czech League, of course. But it gives some additional weight to it. So Ukam's record of 13 and 8 feels a lot better than uh, Ches Nimburg's record of 13 and 8. So that's why they'll be top 10 and Ches Nimburg will be the last and the bottom 10. Um, speaking of the bottom 10, you have a... Uh... I uh, wonder how many how many how many more hits do you have for your one hit wonder with Opava? Are you ready for them to oh, not not win man, the rest of the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like uh, the bad part of me is really hoping that Opava don't win the second single game because I have so many one hit wonders <laughs> left remaining. But uh, <laughs> like, I I love trivia and I love music, so like I'm a '90s kid, so <laughs> I know a bunch of one-hit wonders that I just haven't had the time yet to use them. But the last week it was like John Stakata, <laughs> like kind of surprised myself that I find found him somewhere on YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> digging pretty deep at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not anymore like just like four non-blondes and uh, two princes or stuff that everybody knows. Now I need to dig a little bit like into modern talking kind of <laughs> suite of suite of work at wonders. And, and you also do the help side column. Uh, maybe just, you know, that 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 has been really fun to, to read. It, it, it gives you a chance to really take uh, a concept and just really kind of play with it. Maybe just what you're... I know every column is different, so maybe just talk about your general idea, how you attack it when you start going about it. Yeah, like it's when you're playing basketball and you're playing defense and you're on the help side, uh, you need to help around for other people who aren't following everything and just cannot follow every single game. We have 16 games every single week. So my basic idea was to have to give them just sort of a roundup with things that I liked and things that I didn't like and uh, stuff that's connected to past uh, BCO seasons and stuff like that. And it turned out to be really good. Um, have a lot of freedom when I'm doing them. Uh, can do basically whatever I want, which is perfect for me. I can relax doing it and it um gives a relaxed vibe to the websites on every Thursday when I post them. Yeah, and you you were talking about uh being with the BCL kind of from the beginning for these past three seasons. Uh we were just wondering what have you thought about just kind of the general progression of the league as, as some of these new teams come in? Yeah, it's unreal. It's unreal because the the way that we were in the first season like we had good teams, we had good games, but it was just kind of chaotic at times, but nowadays it's just better basketball. I feel like uh, the players have grown, uh, coaches like uh, Raul Corner have grown and uh, got an opportunity to uh, prove their worth uh, internationally, and I think it's growing. And this season has been amazing for us. We had over 50% of the games are decided by single digits, so... And there's a lot to watch. And even if you don't have the biggest name, you have good games and you have um, exciting games. And I'll just, I just, I really love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it because I'm enjoying myself and I'm following every single game. And I know how the teams are behaving and um, kind of what trends they're setting. And 
I think that this season has been by far the best so far. And I'm already excited about the next season and the progression of being even better than right now. Yeah, for sure. Lo- looking at the top of the league, I think it's really impressive. Um, you know, when you start to look at who the potential like final eight teams could be or final 16 teams, like it, it, it's just a stacked field. Um, so like looking at the top, who would you pick right now as the teams that you think would make the final four as it stands? Yeah, that's the thing about the Basketball Champions League. You cannot pick them. Like, if you asked me last season, um, would I think that Ike would win everything? I would say no. I'd say they, they'd go out in the uh, group stage because they were in a tough group. Then I would say that they would go out uh, to Chesnimburg because they lost the first game at home. Just the way that, like, this whole process of the basketball champions league i think it's been marked by unpredictability and you cannot call it and right now if i had to choose i would go like with uh, bologna or with aik or with uh, jerusalem but <laughs> i don't want to jinx those teams like i remember last season i was talking to dave he asked me about who I think would win the Basketball Champions League. And I was like, ah, oh, Strasbourg are winning it. No doubt about it. Strasbourg <laughs> will win it. <laughs> they didn't even reach, they didn't even reach the Final Four. So I'm not that good in calling <laughs> out the names. All right. Then instead of uh, giving us your, your favorite um, to, to win the title, maybe how about your favorite teams to watch? I mean, it could also be a bad team. Uh, maybe just... Uh, you know, some of your favorite teams to watch this season and why? Uh, like, I'm going to go all um, patriotic here, but I love watching Nanville. I love watching Nanville because their coach, Igor Milicic, uh, is my compatriot. Uh, their center, Josip Sobin, is also a Croat. Uh, they have that vibe of um, a team without a big name, but they're really playing hard. They're playing beautiful basketball. Uh, they're in top three when it comes to assists uh, per- percentage, uh, which I really like. That kind of style of uh, play along with uh, Tenerife and Liet Cabelis. So when you have those teams that like to share the ball, that don't have one guy who's going to uh, do everything by himself, I enjoy that kind of basketball. So Anvil are one of the top teams for me to watch. And like to be really <laughs> just my own enemy with what I just said, I really enjoy watching Bologna, who are probably at the bottom when it comes to assisting. Uh, they are like uh, 46.7% uh, of their field goals are assisted, which is way below league uh, average. But I love watching Kevin Punter. I love watching Taylor and all the other guys. Like Amat Mbaye has really impressed me, and I just enjoy Italian basketball in general. But Bologna this season have been my... Uh, probably most favorite team to watch. Yeah, you, you mentioned Kevin Punter. I think he would probably be a lot of people's MVP pick at this point of the season. Uh, we, we were just wondering, who do you think are some of the top MVP candidates right now, and who would you choose through the first nine games of the season as, as the best player? Yeah, like uh, when I did one of the help side columns about it, when we had the national team window break, um, I went with, okay, you guys, you choose... Um, I'm going to offer you some names to be the MVP. And I went like, uh, I'm going to give them three names. 
Then it was like, I just cannot limit it to three names. I cannot leave out, I don't know, Feldin, or I cannot leave out uh, Panther, or I cannot leave out Wyatt. So it was, uh, I'll give them five names. <laughs> and it just got so big that it was 30 names in the end. <laughs> and people voted, um, Anvil's fan, fan base actually won the debate because they voted a lot for uh, Michalak. Uh, he turned out to be fans MVP. Uh, for me personally, I think it's uh, Panther because of the way he's playing and, and his uh, uh, streak of double-digit games. It's been his second season, his third team, and he, he's been in double digits in all but one game. And that game, when he wasn't in double digits, he scored nine points. So that for me says consistency. It says he's got the killer mentality and he's been the MVP for me. Goes along with what I've been saying about watching Bologna all the time. I I mean, I think one of the guys I love to watch most is probably Hunter. Uh, you know, uh, more the week before, I think it was uh, game day. What are we at now? <laughs> whatever it was Kevin, whatever it was um, where he was on the ground all the time you just see the energy and he has he has he's had some amazing fourth quarter performances um maybe who are some of you you mentioned punter maybe who are some of the other guys that you really like watching um Vince Hunter has to join the conversation because um he's been around for some time and it seems like he's been just an addition for them for Ajax last season. It was like, oh yeah, they just got hunted. That's it. Like, no big deal. But the way he's been playing this season, the way he's moving, the the energy level that he brings is really what makes Ajax a team that is contender to um, retain their title, to win back-to-back titles. And I really liked watching him. Uh, James Feldin of uh, Jerusalem impressed me a lot. Uh, but I do think that Feldin has a lot to thank uh, to Tamir Blatt and his point guard skills. Um, so there are basically a lot of guys. Like you can you you can have a team like Tenerife, and who is their MVP? I really do not know. Is it Bayran or is it McFadden or is it Colton Iverson who sets a lot of hard screens for them to do everything or Tim Abramaitis? So just a lot of good guys and like making the MVP decision this season will be really tough for us. All right, we are um, we are about to enter 2019. Um, we didn't really want to give you too much more work than you already have, uh, but maybe a couple of New Year's resolutions for some of the some of the basketball Champions League teams that you have for them for 2019. Oh yeah, I got a lot of them actually. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, let's start with Ike. Um, their New Year's resolution isn't just to win the double. Uh, I want them never to lose a game again <laughs> because the way they've been playing, I really do not understand how it can happen. They've been on the verge of losing, like at Nimburg when they went to overtime. Last week against Nimburg at home, they were about to lose. Uh, against Jerusalem away from home, they had a horrible start to the game and then Malcolm Griffin showed up. So I just don't see them losing anymore. So let this be a goal for their 2019. Never lose a game again. <laughs> And the other resolution for Ike, um, I'm probably going to need a statue for uh, Shakota family. Like They can choose if they want to build a statue for dad Shakota or for player Shakota, but they deserve it, absolutely. Uh, for um, my favorite team to watch, Anvil, uh, I want them to use 
in a game, uh, one of their set plays that they ran in uh, Polish league, when they actually, Coach Milicic drew up a play uh, when one of the players had to do an assist by throwing the ball off the backboard. And I actually mentioned that in the last power rankings, there's a link over there so you can go and check it out. And I really want to see it as a set play uh, to be something new in the world of basketball. <laughs> All right, fantastic stuff. Um, if you haven't followed the live blog, it is it is a great way to to um to not have to watch all the games uh eeyore puts in all the highlights um gives great uh fun analysis he also does the the work over uh uh, uh, uh he teams up let's say teams up with the uh the european qualifiers for the world cup uh with C- with simas um uh, the help side column is fantastic the power ranking is always fun you know even if you just if you just want to see what uh one hit wonder he came up with this week <laughs> Um, Igor, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate your time and appreciate all, all you do for, for, for this, for this league, for this competition. Uh, hope you had a, hope you had a pleasant, uh, holidays and a, and a, uh, as they say here in Germany, a good slide into 2019. Good luck, uh, with everything in 2019 and, and thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, I want to thank both of you guys and I want to uh, congratulate you on the beautiful work that you've done with the podcast and uh, Dave, your uh, column on the young guns of the Basketball Champions League has been um, something that I enjoy to read, you know all about it. I love your work. I have always followed your work. So I'm looking forward to more of the same in 2019. I appreciate that, man. All right. Thanks again to our guest this week, Igor Djurkovic, the great writer from ChampionsLeague.Basketball. Uh, Dave, what did you think about what Igor had to say? Uh, as someone who's actually done this live blog uh, before for uh, for FIBA events, uh, I do this um, when I go to a youth World Cup or a youth European Championship. It's hard. Um, it's hard to 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 keep all of the all the all the balls that you're that you're juggling, keep them in the air, and and uh, and keeping your cool, and um, and he does it really, really, really well. And I really love his his sense of humor, um, and and that that sense of humor you you get everywhere across the board with his stuff, uh, the live blog, the the help side column, the power rankings, and the power rankings. Uh, you know that's that's fantastic. Um, you know that's just a, a a really great way to to add dialogue and and interaction with the fans. And it's also kind of cool right now that that um, uh, you know there's 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 this uh, there's this love uh, this Polish love from Anvil. Um, and and yeah, it's it's cool. I I really enjoy Igor and his work and. And uh, I, I think he's a he's a he's a great um, like I mean ambassador is probably not the right word to say, but you know he's a great representative of the of the basketball champions league, and gives us some unbelievably fantastic information and uh, and and does it in a very entertaining, lighthearted, and funny way. So uh, thanks to e- thanks to Igor for coming on uh, and and really giving a chance for people who who follow the champions league in, in those three different uh, avenues with the, the life blog, the help site column and the power rankings to come on. And, and so that people can actually get a, um, 
uh, a voice to the talent that he uh, gives to the podcast, uh, to the uh, to the uh, to the site and to the league. Yeah, Igor is awesome. So make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's at Igor Djurkovic. Uh, we'll, we'll put his Twitter handle in the in the show notes for the podcast. So you can go follow him there. Read everything he does on the Sykes. Like Dave said, a ton of great information. He also has a great sense of humor. I always love reading his help side column and following along with the live blog and everything. So uh, definitely check that out on championsleague.basketball. You can also download the official Basketball Champions League app. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, coming up, I don't, I don't think I don't think we should do anything else this year. Let's wait till next year. Well, let's not do anything else yeah, this year. I, right? th- I think so. Let's call it good. Uh, I've had enough this year, man. No more. <laughs> yeah, so that'll do it for this week's show. The BCL returns Tuesday, January eighth, and Wednesday, January 9th with game day ten. It's going to be an incredible game day. Some of those matchups are just awesome. So I can't wait to talk about that. Dave and I will be joining you again next week uh, to preview Game Day 10. We'll also talk about some of the big transactions that have happened in the BCL, catch you up on who's in, who's out from some of these teams as they look to improve and make a push to the playoffs in the final six or so weeks of the season. So thanks again to our guest, Igor Djurkovic. For Dave Hein out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and I hope you have a happy new year. 